film nerds. Wanna be friends? I'm Dax. I'm Adam. And welcome to Cinepraisal. I do feel welcome. I'm glad you do. Thank you. This podcast is designed as a series of commentaries. Meant for you to play alongside the movies we're talking about. So invite us into your home. It's like we're in your living room with you. Right now. <laughs> the first season we recorded a little while ago, but we're happy to finally get it out there and have you hear it for the first time. So get comfy. Crack a beverage. And, and let's, let's watch, watch some movies. This Zoom recorder propped up by vape technology. That's PAX, spelled P-A-X. <laughs> All right, ready? Um, as ready as a human can be to watch... A movie they've never seen before. Okay. So, it's just now starting. We see the CBS Films logo just came up. And Adam, I've never seen this movie. What is this movie? This is The Woman in Black. It is a uh, old school, like, British paranormal horror film with a super dark twist to it. Okay. Like, I, I love these, like, you know, kind of like, oh, um, done by Hammer Horror, who was, like, just an extreme I like that logo. force in horror movies back in the 60s and 70s, and they kind of disappeared for a little bit, but this was their comeback, and so they've been making a number of uh, horror films, like, good horror films since they came back with this movie. Oh. Oh. This is a pretend tea party? Yeah, I saw this in theaters, uh, and... I just remember like being genuinely freaked out enough that I was like, you know what? You're an adult man. You will not leave the movie theater. <laughs> it has a good look to it. Um, we're already starting out on a good cinematic feel. Children are creepy. Oh, this is yeah, a... Little girls are the creepiest force in the world. <laughs> oh, they're staring at us. Oh. Oh, Jesus. They're not just little girls. They're little pale English girls, and it's set to a creepy, like, nursery rhyme-style soundtrack. And so. they're moving in unison. And they're... Nothing sets the tone of your horror movie like three little girls committing suicide <laughs> in the first two minutes. <laughs> but Harry Potter saved them. Ah. Uh... <laughs> so, so, yeah. All right. So you keep saying Harry Potter, but yeah. I, I've um... only said it once so far within this commentary. Fa all right. Fair enough. But, <clears throat> so, yeah. Daniel Radcliffe is in this and... This was, I think this was one of his first major movies after he finished being in the Harry Potter series. And I find him really interesting as an actor because it's like, oh, right, sure. in fairness, he doesn't have to work again for the rest of his life. So anything that he right. does do, you know, he's genuinely intrigued by it. 
So, like, if you've seen... Have you seen Swiss Army like Man? like Bill Murray at this point. Oh, yeah. Bill Murray's just like, I don't care. Whatever. I, I wanted to see Swiss Army Man. Swiss Army Man is just such an... It's a fun, bizarre movie in which he plays a farting corpse. Right. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, he just does really weird, specific, interesting stuff. So, at this point, whenever I see he's in something, I want to go see it just because I know it's going to be weird, specific, and interesting. It's kind of like how... Um, Elijah Wood. Oh, Jesus. Enough with the suicide! <laughs> um, it's like Elijah Wood kind of does that now, where he supports strange films like The Greasy Strangler, or yeah. he's just like, whatever. I've, I've had or that, doing three seasons of Wilfred. I have that Lord of the Rings money, you know? <laughs> I can do whatever I want. Uh, he was marvelous in Over the Garden Wall. So we've... We just saw him debate suicide and then turn around to talk to a woman who wasn't there. What can we say about his mental state? <laughs> He's doing less than well. Yeah, there's just, there's really simple visual storytelling stuff. Like, all right, overdue bills. We know that he's a father. We know that, you know, he was married at one point and now he's com debating committing suicide. Like... And again, that was like a minute and a half. We know who this man is now. Yeah, it seems very efficient at communicating different uh, story elements. And there we go. Now we know Mummy's up in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> From the mouths of babes. He's still frowning. I like to think that this is the proper movie adaptation of The Cursed Child. <laughs> He's an equally bad father in that story. Why is his, like, nanny so snippy? Aren't nannies just snippy by nature? British the nannies? They, they should be snippy to the children, but not to the person employing them. Oh, yay. So drab and Dreary looking. Drablo of Eelmarsh House. Sounds like a really fun-loving group of people. <laughs> it's no color except for like yellows. Like yellows that are like the color of old parchment. Yeah, this this whole movie is just like borderline black and white. <laughs> Very good chiaroscuro. I like the harsh lighting that they're using. And in the costume, too. Like, they're just wearing black and white outfits. I mean, that's, that's just pretty on point for England of the time. But it works to the aesthetic that it's going for as well. 
If you can't cooperate, Mr. Anderson. So basically, like, he works for an insurance company, or no, works for a law firm, and he has to go through a mountain of paperwork in the home of a woman who just died. Huh. Wait, yeah, what, um, when does this take place? Uh, this is, this is, uh, late 1800s? Yeah, late 1800s. And I, is he going to the house of the three girls that... No, 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 no. The house he's going to is like an old woman just passed. But yeah, him looking at the paper and seeing the thing about contacting the spirit world, mm -hmm. that was huge in the late 1800s in England. Like, uh, parapsychology and seances and all that stuff were like very, very big at the time. We just want answers. Yeah. <laughs> We don't care if it's true or not. No, I mean... Well, like, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was a big, big uh, believer in the paranormal, believe it or not. He he and uh, Houdini were, like, that. best friends. And, really? Yeah. Oh, nice. And Houdini, like, was an extreme skeptic. He would go to seances all the time just to prove how the people were faking it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that sounds like his attitude, though. Everything I know about Houdini, he's kind of a jerk. <laughs> yeah, it's still a shame how he oh, died, no, though. No one's denying that. I hope that this commentary doesn't offend the estate of Houdini. <laughs> <laughs> they might make us Oh, disappear. by the way, your wife died. I heard that. That was terrible. <laughs> by the way, your wife's dead. So, she died in childbirth. Yeah. He was sleeping on a train. Give him a fucking break. Could you imagine... Could you imagine waking up and just Kieran Hines is sitting there staring at you with a small dog? <laughs> I have that dream every night. Did you go through his shit while he was asleep? <laughs> Thank you, random stranger. Oh, okay, now we're friends. You're listening to Adam points out the extreme conciseness of the narrative. No, there is something to be said, though, for films doing simple things that clearly communicate what's happening. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, there's a... I, I think it's something that we, you run into a lot with movies where they feel the need to spoon-feed all the information. It's just like, all the information you need is here. And it's just, it's done very subtly, but you still, you find out everything yeah. you need. Well, it's like proper exposition you should never realize is exposition. Right. And it should be something that you kind of just feel. Or, like, if you want to put in a note that will come in later, then... Subtly do it, or make a joke out of it, or something. Right, right. You know, don't just drop something in. It's like foreshadowing. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's like. By the way, 
I really like pigs. You know? <laughs> oh, that's because the, oh. they turn into pigs later. Wait, wait, wait. So they don't have any rooms. They're saying they don't have any rooms because, you know, setting up like, oh, they're not happy about him being here. Why aren't they happy about him being here? Oh, well, but they're giving him a room in the attic. Wait till you see the attic. Oh, no. minor bird I like major birds yeah minor birds are mimics as you can tell what if you if you put a minor bird and a parrot in the same room and they just start talking shit (laughs) (laughs) can you believe this Ah. Yeah, his hotel room is where the little girls committed suicide. Nothing scary here. We watch happy films. (laughs) Yeah, nothing like going to bed next to a headless doll body. Oh. Like, I, I get that there was no place else for him to stay in town, but I would not be okay going to sleep in a room that's full of family photos and dirty, broken dolls and children's toys. You know, it, there's kind of a nice thing about the fact that this is a period piece because you, you would probably be going, wow, just turn on light <laughs> a lot of the time, but... Yeah. Lights would require fuel of some kind back well, then. Well, he had a little lantern. Sure, but, you know, lantern oil costs money. Sure. And if you're trying to save money, then you can't just light up everything. So it actually motivatedly makes sense oh, why it, it's so dark. Right, right. Like, because it just was. And can we also just talk about the fact that the English countryside is just nightmare fuel? We apologize to anyone living in the UK or uh, <laughs> also to England. We do not. They, they know where it. they are. <laughs> I definitely. I've vacationed in the English countryside. I don't take back my statement. <laughs> <laughs> that was something uh, Neil Gaiman, I think, once said about how, like, it just feels like ghosts are real. Oh yeah, in, definitely in England, and that's kind of why something like Halloween isn't as pleasant sounding in, in in europe because it's like no we have ghosts yeah like you yeah. don't need to pretend like they're coming out for one night man people are really uncomfortable about this guy <laughs> you didn't have to come here jackass no 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 leave (laughs) 
What are the chances? What are the chances that this small town's hotel is booked up all week? Like, who's visiting here? <laughs> so, this is not like a way hot vacation destination, I'd imagine. So many tourists. They're coming out to watch the mold turn. <laughs> we wanted to watch the leaves turn from green to slightly browner green. Just call Lyft then. Just a horse and carriage shows up with a pink mustache. (laughs) Mustache on the horse, by the way. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) No, but see, that's the problem and why you have to make period pieces out of some of these things. Because it's like modern technology ruins it. Look where this house is. Whoa, I want to go there. No wonder he didn't want to. Like, who builds their house out there? Like, is it so... That's a really long ride. Is that a real place? I don't know. Like, who found that location? I mean, it's totally the kind of island thing if you saw it you're like ah, i gotta make a movie that takes place on I, that I thing think, i think that was probably composited but still <laughs> like i'd like to hope it isn't i just the visual concept of, of where this house is i think it's fantastic i don't know this looks pretty uh real but you're right it might not be yeah yeah you can only access the house during low tide that's so interesting Again, like, really cool, perfectly motivated stuff for a horror movie. Every time he goes out to this house, he's going to have to be stuck there until the tide goes out. Yes. There isn't a means of leaving. There's no means of leaving. There's no cell phones. There's no, like... There's no light. Yeah. A lot of crosses. Like I said, I was I was in the theater, and, like, the the... Which, by the way, I hope you're not listening to us the first time you're watching this movie, because... It's like rule one of commentaries of any right. kind. Yeah, you never Just watch the film. Yeah, because then, like, you know, I'm not breaking the mood building, which this is all about mood building. I mean, you're talking over all of this, and I still feel an extreme sense of foreboding and, oh, and it's, darkness. It's just uncomfortable, <laughs> right? Like I said, I was sitting in the theater just like, you're a grown adult man. You will not walk out of the theater. You will stay here. (laughs) I can't leave. I've got to do this commentary. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting, though, how um, laughing. We laugh at things that are funny, but we often also laugh at things that are disturbing. Oh, yeah. And laughter really is just a kind of catharsis. 
against things that are uncomfortable. So it's your body like I have to do something. I can't. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, you, what he said. I remember uh, I was in class one time and we watched that scene from Scanners, where. <laughs> the... I've actually never seen Scanners. But have you ever seen that scene where the head blows up? Uh, probably. I think I saw like a meme of it. Yeah, like everybody's seen that scene. But like we watched that sequence, and everyone just unanimously, like unanimously, just went, ah! <laughs> like, what are we meant to do? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I feel like you kind of have to do that for all of Cronenberg's uh, oeuvre. It's just like. Yeah. Did I? I thought I saw someone moving. Yeah, that's going to happen a lot in this movie. <laughs> Jesus fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> so while this movie doesn't rely exclusively on jump scares, it definitely has some good ones. <laughs> I think that, that's, that's the mark of a good horror movie. A good horror movie can have jump scares. It just shouldn't rely on them. Okay. Like, let, let your tone building be Amen. what's scary. Hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. Oh, yeah. Taxidermied monkeys. <laughs> oh, and let's point out, somebody was living there until, like, last week. An old woman was living in this house until, like, last week. So they didn't want him to be there. Yeah, the town did not want him in this house. But he has to go to this house, otherwise he'll be fired from his job, and he's a single father. Also, so it's not even just that he can't run away um, physically. He, he can't run away economically, mm -hmm. either. Yeah, again, like, the setup for this movie is next to perfect. That's so important. Why don't horror films do that? More often, like, you have to give a reason for why people are trapped in these situations. Yeah. So is this like a British version of, I was going to say a British version of The Shining, but, <laughs> but Kubrick. <laughs> well done. <laughs> oh, footsteps. Not creepy. It doesn't help that you have a clock in the background. <laughs> it's actually four clocks behind you. <laughs> Why didn't we turn those off? <laughs> I love this house, though. Ever since I was a little kid, like, I've always wanted, like, one of those indeterminately <laughs> ever large since houses. I, ever since I was young, I've wanted to live in a horribly disturbing home like this. Well, like, you know, <laughs> controlled degradation and just indeterminably large. <laughs> like, someplace that you could genuinely get lost because you're not sure the layout of it. Controlled degradation. I like that. We gotta do something about those clocks. <laughs> <laughs> we apologize for not for not moving the clocks before doing this. 
I'm sure they're not going to catch on this. We'll see what happens. I got a clock filter. Don't worry. <laughs> you, there, there was an L in that word, right? Uh, black goo is always a bad sign. Again, like, someone was recently living here. God, no. Also, I feel like, you know, if you're watching this comment, like watching this with the commentary, you're losing something about the fact that there hasn't been any dialogue since he left the uh, the carriage driver. Since he left his lift. Yes. Like, this is just, this is nothing but mood building. Nothing but visual information. Tension. Oh... Ah, fuck. <laughs> Symbolic of him being a good father on some level or wanting to take care of his kid. He puts, and being punished for it. <laughs> puts the baby bird back in its nest and then he's attacked for it. Immediately thereafter. Well, tides in. Is that some sort of woman in black? And she won't be there in a moment. Nope. I don't see what a woman in black has to do. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you think she's important to the plot? <laughs> In fairness, I think, like, given the uh, the costuming of this movie, every woman is technically wearing black. <laughs> Which one? Which one? Nobody, he finds her and... Ooh, here. Oh, no. The screaming horse sound. Someone screaming Nathaniel. Which we already saw in the documents that a little boy named Nathaniel drowned in the marsh and the body was never found. It's already established that he sees things. So does he not even trust his own perception? You okay, Dax? Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> and getting the hell away from that place. Yeah, but he's got to go back tomorrow. He's, no, nobody has to now go to the attic.
more creepy children. I guess they're not really there. She drank lye. So the body toll of this movie is up to four. All little girls. I told you, this movie's dark. <laughs> this movie's dark, both visually and thematically. <laughs> and desaturated. This is one of those ones that I always, I always try to, you know, picture to people as like something that they should watch. And I think because it's a horror movie, people just kind of dismiss it. But it's actually, it's a really well put together movie. Right. Well, that's because there's so much schlock in horror. Oh, I don't deny that at all. I mean, there's schlock in everything, but. Hmm. See, it's funny because whenever I do anything visually, whenever I'm trying to compose stuff, I always have this feeling that I've got to make sure stuff is like well lit in the sense that you can really see the subject. But there's a lot of just scenes where the characters are dark. You can still see like, them. The, the minor bird is mimicking the crying woman. Why do we even keep that minor bird around? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's what we need. Whiskey. Take the hint. affirming his his need to be here i mean it's clearly a beautiful area of the world there's no denying that it's just freaking creepy I wouldn't want my pre-built grave on my property. We're being quiet because it's compelling.
avoid the subject of children, but we immediately see three pictures of a little boy. <laughs> You're an extremely tall couple. <laughs> That's what I would say. Yeah, like, uh, sure, hi. Oh dear. <laughs> I like the one that, like, just wasn't having it. It's like, no, you can't put me in this chair. Are they chihuahuas? I love Kieran Hines in the background of that shot, because as soon as he mentions he has a son, he just takes a drink. <laughs> He knows where exactly where this conversation is going. That looks like a GW Bush original, though, doesn't it? Did you know that he apparently paints portraits? It was just laudanum. <laughs> Did you know that George Bush does portraits of, of soldiers that have been injured or died carrying out his yeah. orders? Yeah. I was like, you're a fascinating human being, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Is it just me or does it look like he's had a little bit too much brandy? <laughs> Nothing says stable like a shaking hand around Like a, a... shaking brandy glass. See, this is what I was talking about earlier. Like, I think it's really important to get the the context of when this movie is taking place. Yeah. To know that that was such a huge thing at the time. You don't go anywhere. So says Kieran Hines. <laughs> it's fun. I was watching the making of of this, and Daniel Radcliffe is talking about how like the two of them had so much fun making the movie. It was just like you wouldn't imagine this would be like a, a ball. Oh, I would think you'd have to make levity 
of things in between the actual filmmaking. This guy keeps getting, he keeps getting put up in rooms that are just terrifying. <laughs> but again, he can't leave. Yeah. It's like well established. Chihuahua's in a crib wearing nightgowns. I would be out of there. Yeah, I, I love how like he looks in the room, sees it, and he's just like, um, and keep going. I'm good. <laughs> I say we just let Chihuahuas back into the wild and see how they do. Don't they have an island off the coast of Mexico? <laughs> Those Chihuahua Islands. <laughs> I, I think that's a real place. So there's just packs of Chihuahuas that like... <laughs> I've actually seen one of those once. Was being interviewed at a production company, and all, all the dogs that were in the office had formed a pack and were just free roaming the office. <laughs> oh shit! They're remembering how. <laughs> they're remembering how to be wolves. Stop it! Stop being creepy, children. They're British. What do you want? <laughs> All children are terrifying. You were a child once. You remember. No. I, I, I was hatched fully formed. <laughs> you knew everything about cinema from day one. Also, yeah, nothing creepier than something moving under the floorboards you're standing on. And something runs by, something runs by this hole. And it's gonna be standing there. And it's gonna be somewhere. Oh, there's somebody ran by. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the way they did that because you see the thing go by and you're like, oh, that wasn't so bad. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm with him. Again, Kieran Hines is like 6'4". Like, I would not start shit with him. <laughs> That's one way to drive through your problems. Yeah. In the 1800s countryside, the oh, man with the automobile wins. 
It's a nice cross. That... I want to be on his side. Because <laughs> he's the only rational one, but it doesn't seem like the movie wants you to be on his side. Yeah, he's the only rational one, but it's not a rational situation. Right. <laughs> See, even he thinks that's a terrible idea. That's a good line. I'd rather just work through the night. And then he just stares at you like you're insane. <laughs> even he's the rational one of this movie, and he's staring at you like you're insane. <laughs> That's not a good idea, man. <laughs> oh, was there a bit of uh, vertigo-ness there? What is it where you push the camera oh, and change you, the... Oh, you zoom out while uh, dollying forward. Was that what that was? Or was it just a subtle pan down? Well, that was just a subtle, uh, was a subtle tilt. But yeah, the vertigo effect is zoom out while pushing forward. Okay. Also used to great effect in Poltergeist. Also used to great effect in Fellowship of the Ring. Also used to great effect in a lot of movies. <laughs> in uh, Goodfellas, the scene where they're sitting in the diner, there's like a moment where... I gotta rewatch Goodfellas. <sighs> I, I think I can count on one hand how many times I've seen it. I've enjoyed it every time, but... But it's like the scene where he realizes what's... None of these keys seem to work on the door with the muddy handle. It's like the door that if you were playing a video game, you knew that some some kind of high-end boss was oh, behind that door. Well, well, no. What would happen is like you'd uh, open you that door the... and it would just be a room full of ammunition and guns with another door leading out. And it's like, <laughs> oh, man. It's like there's two pots with fairies in them. Like, okay. So, so I'm dying now. <laughs> Drablo. Young Master Roblo. Why would a child's trunk be full of paperwork? <laughs> is, is that like the proper English cho uh, child's toy? It's just paperwork. Somebody gonna walk by while he's down there? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And the door's open. And the best part is he's already told him, like, yeah, I just want to work through the night. You can't call him back. There's no cell phone for you to be like, I changed my mind. Come get me. This is very evocative of the early... The early Silent Hill games. If you've ever played those. I didn't. It's... Whereas, like, a game like Resident Evil might be very jump-scary, and it's like, and now a thing jumps out at you, and you have to fight it. Like, Silent Hill is all about doing creepy things and then not following up on the creepy thing, just so that you kind of sit there like, okay. What was that? <laughs> it's a zoetrope. A zoetrope! Yay! Ha, ah, good use of Zoeotrope. <laughs> Jump scare. 
<laughs> that wasn't really a jump scare, though. That's what's interesting about it. It's like, you're looking at the zoetrope, and then you happen to notice someone's looking back at you. Through the other side of the zoetrope. Zoetropes are very, very early animation devices. Uh, film devices, even, really. Yeah, it's the, the early days of what would eventually become film with the concept of the persistence of, it, of vision. Was it a... Was the first a zoetrope, or was it like praxinoscope, or was it a zoeopraxiloscope? Like, there were all these know, different man. names. Like, I'm just <laughs> proud of the fact that I know what I know. <laughs> um, I don't know if you've You're ever seen... You're the animation guy. I am. Have you ever seen the Annie Awards? Do you know what that is? It's it's an award oh, show. I know what the Annie Awards are. Yeah, they're award shows. It's like the Oscar of animation. Oh, this is great. Oh, it looks like Gustave Doré artwork. Did I love Gustave Doré. He's probably my favorite. Uh, Woodblock. Yeah, engraved artist. He does a really good one for um, uh, Dante's Inferno. He does a lot of beautiful illustrations. Well, his his illustrations for the Divine Comedy are amazing. His illustrations for Paradise Lost are amazing, and I have a uh, a King James Bible that's all his. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, My favorite of his is uh, Fallen Angels on the Wing from Paradise Lost. What's the other one? Uh, Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Is uh, that, that's ever, such a cool story. Yeah, but have you ever seen his stuff for that one? Because no. that was the first I ever saw of, of his artwork, and it like blew me oh. away um he's here i don't know i just i don't want to see her <laughs> and this film is making me oh but to finish the idea about the annie awards um the the awards themselves for the annies are actually little spinny zoeotropes oh that's cool yeah they're really neat um i always wanted one just so i could put <laughs> you could just put an actual animation in it and spin it. Not so you could have not won an award. Not so that I could have like won and been recognized by the industry for accomplishing a thing. <laughs> just so that I could have a zoetrope. You saw on uh, Nathaniel's gravestone where it said beloved son of uh, Alice and who the hell ever Drablo. It was all scratched <laughs> out. Huh. Again, I love, like, every... Gosh, damn it. Every time he goes to that house, there's just these long stretches of no dialogue, just, you know, here's a space, exist in it, whether you want to or not. I'm not g going back... Okay, you know what, though? I'll find another job. <laughs> at, this, at this point, if I was him, I don't know if the I gotta be here for my boy excuse is gonna perpetuate my presence i don't know but we saw his bills are already overdue so it's not like he you know it's not like he has a savings or anything like he loses this job he's done you know ebenezer scrooge will be talking about how he needs to be in a workhouse that was a christmas carol joke for you some deep cuts here folks deep no cuts. prisons no poor houses well, there are, but some people would rather die than go to those. Let's go ahead and do it, and therefore decrease the surplus population. I always thought he was saying shit. <laughs> I always thought he was saying serveless. 
population when I was a kid because I didn't know the word surplus. Yeah, and then once you learn the word surplus, you're like, you're a monster. <laughs> so I was like, oh yeah, you know, you people who don't... Who don't serve. Who don't serve or carry their own weight. That's not terrible. <laughs> he's like, he's just not having it. It's just so much paperwork in this house. <sighs> What's her name? Janet? Jeanette. Jeanette? That's not a real name. <laughs> Neither is Drablo. Adoption papers. Jemmet Humphrey. F-R-Y-E. I love how the handwriting gets progressively more insane. <laughs> A work and no play makes Janet a joker. <laughs> that is actually the most creepy moment in um, Shining. In The Shining, is the realization that he's been typing that stuff the whole time. What do you do? Oh, you know, I stand in windows. <laughs> Real good. Yeah, look how insane the handwriting is on this one. It's approaching Tim Burton levels here. The revealing piece of information, self-murder, body hanging for the ah. I think the question I have here is that if she was living in Eelmarsh House and they adopted her son, living in Eelmarsh House, she just gonna was she just sending them letters while still living in the same house with them, or she's like, I'm not gonna talk to you. <laughs> yeah, why? Is, why are they letters? <laughs> Couldn't pay me enough to sleep here. Ah, uh, you could see her in the mirror. I know. This POV is killing me. Well. Or it'll kill him. Are these walls getting longer? <laughs> or is it your imagination? Monkey's not saying a word. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ. 
Yeah. Did you see the shadow? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dog. You bark at that ghost. Everyone knows ghosts hate dogs. <laughs> well, that wasn't like that before. I mean, he's good here, but still feel like Sorcerer's Stone was the pinnacle. <laughs> that was just the top of his career. <laughs> Philosopher's Stone for for the UK. If you're still listening after, I, after still I've been listening. calling your English countryside a hellscape. <laughs> Did you know that they shot different scenes for the first movie? For whenever they said Sorcerer's Stone and Philosopher's Stone. So I that didn't know that, but that's actually different. really cool to know. Yeah. And for the record, I don't think the English countryside's a hellscape. I think it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's terrifying. It's fantastic. Love to go there. Especially <laughs> to this house. <laughs> take the dog. Wherever you're going, take the goddamn dog. Yeah. Like, I would be walking around holding the dog out in front of me. <laughs> boss like i swear he's like way too cavalier to go investigate sounds it's like no one's supposed to be here and you already know creepy shit is happening you've seen her <laughs> i've had it with this door's open Ghost is like, fine, I'll open the door. Just don't take a hatchet to my house. I'm still carrying the axe. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't put it down either. Everyone knows ghosts hate hatchets. <laughs> This is the 1800s equivalent of, like, the gun and the flashlight. <laughs> I'm laughing, but I am, I'm feeling an intense sense of terror right now. That's not even remotely calming. Like, you, they want it to be like, oh, it's just a rocking chair. But it's moving on its own! <laughs> I don't think it's calming. I think it's... It's like they offer just enough for him to not get direct answers about what's going on. Oh, she's sitting in it. Don't turn your back to the rocking chair that was rocking on its own. I also love that it's shot so, like, part of it being shot so dark is that, like, you barely have any idea what's happening. Yeah, you can't see. You can't see much more than he can. 
Which is, it's always difficult in, in movies where, like, they're supposed to be, like, wandering around in the pitch black and, like, you can clearly see everything around them. There's a really good short, um, there's a YouTuber that I like to watch, uh, now that is, uh, his name is Brandon Rogers, and he okay. does a lot of crazy, like, kind of out-there comedy stuff, but he also occasionally does very terrifying things. There's one short of him and a friend, like, exploring a house. And at one point, it's just super dark. He's kind of just recording, like, what he's doing. Mm. And then just slowly behind him, as it starts, like, exposing the background, you see someone standing right behind him. That's creepy. (laughs) It's like that kind of feeling where it's so dark that it sort of blindsides you because you just, it's like your eyes adjusting to the darkness and seeing it. It'd be so amazing if it was a message from the doctor. Do you watch Doctor Who? Oh yeah, it's gonna be like uh, the <laughs> it's gonna be the the Weeping Angels episode. Maraca monkey. The TARDIS is under the floorboards. <laughs> that episode was called Blink, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Season four of Doctor Who. This is true. Well, they're in multiple episodes. No, no, no but that one in particular where it was. Uh... God, what's her name? I can't remember her name now. She was in Great Gatsby. But yeah, when she's ripping the wallpaper off. It was in Blink. I take that back. That was season three. Season three of Doctor Who. Wait, but you mean season three of the new season? Yeah, of course. Well, that's of course. (laughs) It is. It it did not have, it it did not have. Uh, Technically, uh, what season are we on now? Oh, something's coming out of the mud. Patrick Troughton. I was trying to remember. Patrick Troughton was season three of the original Doctor Who. And it's walking towards the house. Is it a little kid? Handprint. Ah, fuck you, movie. (laughs) God dang it. I'm enjoying the shit out of this because I know where everything is. Right. This is purely at my expense. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I make no illusions about this. Oh, boy. Well, I mean, at this point, like, how much worse can this night get? (laughs) Oh, no. That's even worse. Yeah, that's Silent Hill logic right there. What, the doorknob shaking so I should open it? But the the not payoff of like, like, oh, nothing. 
That's a lot of chillins. It's a lot of dead chillins. Yeah, back inside. Bet you wish you had your candle and hatchet now. One of them came in. Muddy footprints. Can I hear a music box? In fairness, creepy music box is one of the first things he heard when he came in this house, so this is like old hat for him. <laughs> Just stop going in the child's room. Where'd he put the first candle? He's just grabbing candles and leaving them places. Definitely just glossed over the fact that those muddy footprints went up the wall. Yeah, no, man. It's <laughs> uh... <laughs> too many conveniently placed mirrors. And like they do it in such a way where like you're always gonna be checking the mirrors. Yeah. Ah, see. Scary, scary, scary. Ah, that's what the rocking signifies. Nope. She didn't just kill herself. She killed herself in the child's room. With yeah. the news. Yeah. <laughs> where did, like, where else do you go? Sambu's. <laughs> Gotta make sure you lock that door. No one get no no ghost no, can get no. in if you lock the door. Ghosts are that sounds foreboding. Naturally scared of doors. Damn it, why'd I lock the door?
If you go back there another time, <laughs> I have zero sympathy at this point. It's nice of him to come so early in the morning to get him, though. See, now, him being the rational guy, you're like, no, fuck you, man, you weren't there. It's also been very sparing about effects. That was one of the only, like, effects shots I saw where, like, or I don't even know if it was effects, but the black goo child climbing out of the bed. Yeah. Action hero. <laughs> Fuck you, ghosts. I've seen things, man. We're being very quiet now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's kind of the sign of a compelling film, is that at a certain point, it just it draws you in, and it's kind of hard to say anything. It's interesting that his wife, by contrast, is the woman in white. Right. That appears... Is she meant to be a sign of hope? It's <laughs> the British answer to everything. <laughs> a tall glass of brandy. 
Pretty sure that's scotch. Or, you know. It's a different glass. No, you're right. Those are scotch glasses. And now I know. <laughs> but I appreciate you saying so. <laughs> he just did an asymmetrical blink. Yeah, I was just going to say, his eyes are blinking out of sequence. Now you're... <laughs> Now you're not even blinking properly here. <laughs> I'm not even speaking properly. <laughs> yeah, Daniel Radcliffe is actually, I think he's a really good actor. Oh yeah, he is now, I, for sure. Well, that's what's so great. <laughs> so great about the difference when you get from Chamber of Secrets to Prisoner of Azkaban, and you're like... Oh, you, you learned acting <laughs> between those two films. <laughs> did, did you see uh, A Young Doctor's Notebook? No, I haven't. It's, it's on Netflix. It's a series <laughs> with uh, Daniel Radcliffe and John Hamm, where Daniel Radcliffe plays the young John Hamm. Okay. Yeah, and he's like a, a doctor working in a small town in Siberia. I'm intrigued. It's fantastic. <laughs> It's a comedy about heroin addiction. I mean, I don't know of any funnier topics off right, the top of addiction, my head. Morphine addiction. I'm laughing, but yeah, it's extremely <laughs> fucked up. Adam thinks children dying is hilarious. It's all about context. Okay. <laughs> Where's the love when you need us? 
Huh. It's the drawing from the the book his son made him. That's a little insensitive. I'm gonna go punch a ghost. Oh, a medium or a car, a car, a car. <laughs> what did you say earlier? That what? one with an automobile in, oh. in this era is king. <laughs> in the 1800s countryside, the man with the automobile wins. <laughs> <laughs> that old adage. <laughs> You could have put on worse clothes. <laughs> <laughs> You're still wearing... <laughs> Again, 1800s England. This is probably the shittiest set of clothing he has. <laughs> Hipsters would give their... Their eye teeth. Their eye... <laughs> to wear what you're wearing right now. I like to imagine that like, he got probably waist deep and he's like, I immediately regret this decision. <laughs> This was a dumb idea. This was a poor choice. <laughs> oh, dear God. Oh, no. Oh, dear God. <laughs> oh. So, there's a sequel to this that... I will reserve my opinions on, but it's conceptually interesting because it takes place in the 40s during the Blitz, and it was that era when uh, they were moving children out of London into old country homes, mm. and so they're using Eel Marsh House as a place to send children. Oh, God. <laughs> this doesn't seem like a sequelable film. Again, I'm reserving my opinions on the sequel, <laughs> but it's conceptually interesting. That's that is the issue with a lot of horror films. Like they most of the time should stay as one-off ideas. Not all. Well, like I, I'm a big fan of the Conjuring movies, mm -hmm. and those work because they're based on uh, actual paranormal investigators. So, like, they're just kind of adapting their cases. Hmm. No.
I couldn't imagine being Daniel Radcliffe. I know. Like, just being covered in all that gook. Oh, it's so gross. The sound design, too. I know. <laughs> oh, glorp, 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 glorp. I mean, I find it interesting he couldn't have just found the boy and stayed well, tied to the rope. He had to have him pull the entire carriage well, out. Well, I mean, he might not have been able to. Jump, uh, man. Get out. Now cut the rope before your car goes under. Yeah, cut the rope. Remarkably well-preserved child. Well, I mean, it's in... It's in the marsh. How is that going to keep him preserved? Like, we could keep it preserved. You think there it? aren't things living in the marsh that would be ingesting him? I guess. Hmm, but it's really goopy. <laughs> Yes, and all living things hate goopy Well, no, isn't it, isn't it like tar or something? Like, uh, it looked to me like it's some gross, tarry substance. It's a good thing he brought a nice change of vest and button down. I still think you're crazy, but sure. What? 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 <laughs> what is? What is he saying though? Like the, he wants the to children. reunite them. He wants to allow Jeanette to be reunited with uh, whatever the little boy's name was. Can't remember now. Is that the corpse sitting there? Yeah. Again, remarkably well preserved. I don't know. If, I mean, because. Weren't there things that were well-preserved in tar? For, like... Well, I mean, they find, like, mammoth bones and stuff. Like, have you have you been to the, the Museum of the, Tar Pits? The reason... Yeah, yeah, But, yeah. like, the reason being, because they have found... They actually found a, a dinosaur once that had some of its, like, skin, kind of. Like, yeah. It was so well-preserved. Okay. I'll give you that. But still, it's like... that. That's tar... This, they, they haven't said this, they just say it's a marsh. Well, how long ago did the boy die? Is this like a year? No, no, because remember we saw the woman, uh, okay, so it's that couple, that woman just died of old age. So it was probably like 40, 40, 50 years, or like 30, 40 years. I love these old creepy Victorian wind-up stuff. <laughs> Again, I would be perfectly happy with just this house in its state. Cobwebs everywhere. Creepy wind-up crap. Occasionally self-rocking chairs. <laughs> so he noticed the significance of the photo 
that the the two people were crossed out. Mm-hmm. That one's just so extra creepy because it looks like a real person. Ugh, these, like, lovingly made macro shots. <laughs> yeah, this guy, I'm, I'm with him. Just throwing back, throwing back scotch, waiting for this to be over. Oh no. I love that, you know, him with his son and his wife with his son and also uh, Daniel Radcliffe with his wife Everybody in this movie is haunted by something that isn't necessarily the main ghost. Oh no. <clears throat> Will Daniel Radcliffe be able to fight the ghost not without his candle and hatchet <laughs> or dog <sighs> or door candle hatchet dog winning combination as long as you're standing behind a locked door yeah i can't comment on it anymore because uh... <laughs> There's a mirror. There's so many mirrors. Oh, there's a reflective. Uh. Is that a face at the end of the hall? Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, get out of the way. <sighs> Dax just actually moved as if he was moving out of the way of the ghost. Sam is far less skeptical now.
such a like palpable tension. <laughs> Like I said, like twice at, at this point, but, you know, sitting in the theater, just like, no, I'm an adult. <laughs> well, and she's, okay, so is this her grave? Yeah. They're, they're digging up, because I figured. Not desecration. No, it's a reunion. I don't want somebody walking on my box, though. Not that I would know. I just realized that there was a line that he even said earlier that kind of mimics this or like sort of prepares for it because he's he comments like there's graves in there for us mm -hmm. for when we die mm -hmm. and we'll be reunited. So it even sets up the idea that this is how that they're going to reunite the child with the mom. Well, not only that, but also the whole thing at the very beginning when he's talking about the days of the week and then he's like, and then on Friday we'll be together again. Yeah, so, like, the entire, like, underlying theme of this is, you know, children being reunited with their parents. Or being taken away from them. <laughs> Just that one shot of the car. Can we just leave? Do we have to omnipresently be here now? You think it's omnipresent? You don't think it's perspective? Oh, is it her? Oh, the ghost is going to be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> So glad to see you haven't suicidally done anything, young boy. She's like, I was just on that train for like seven hours, but fine. <laughs> Are you sure you don't want to hang around? Sleep in this town another night. Oh, no. Uh, no, no, don't. Don't run over. The, don't go over to that train train. <laughs> what the hell?
<laughs> there oh, you have woman oh, in black. All right. So what do you think? Whew, that was a good. Um, that was a good kind of psych out yeah. ending there, because you really do think it's one thing for a moment, and then. Yeah, it doesn't hit you over the head with anything. Um, no, I, like, I'd say everything about this movie is just enough. Like, it gives you just yeah. the right amount of everything. Well, and I think it's funny that almost... Um, <laughs> she's almost thwarted by her own... Her own attempt of killing them. Ends up reuniting them with his wife? Yes, yeah. and giving them... What she can never have. Right. The happiest possible ending. Is, is in some ways, a bad... It's almost like... Have you ever seen The Others? I was actually just thinking, like, this... I love The Others. It's a yeah. great movie. But this would be a great uh, double feature with The Others. Yes. Yeah. The Others has a similar kind of tone to the ending, where on one level, it's really sad. Yeah. It's incredibly sad. But on the other, you're sort of like, oh, but... Hmm. <laughs> like I, I think my favorite and most interesting part about the others is when you realize what's happening. Hmm. When you go back and think about the fact that her husband came back from the war and then left again. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, maybe we, we, we could do the others another time. Or um the orphanage. El Orfanado. I actually still have not seen the orphanage. I won't say anything then. Well I, I somebody already ruined the ending for ah, me. Ah damn it. Yeah. <laughs> That's like Fight Club. Somebody ruined the ending for Fight Club for me. Yeah, the... Well, I'm sorry about that. Because the ending for The Orphanage is very... Like, as it happens, it's... It's a very intense movie. Like, it's like this in a lot of ways. Um, 
but yeah, I thought that was a very interesting ending, and it um, it played into like every everything about the way that this was written was was well planned. Oh yeah, there wasn't anything that was wasted or um. No, the the economy of this movie is is fantastic. Um. Yeah, I'm just sorry. I'm like trying to articulate my thoughts just because it was so. Uh, intense and like uh, really yeah, as you were noting I was like moving back at times like um, well, yeah, and, and, and remember like I said you know I've I've told several people that this this is a movie that you need to see and even when you and I were creating the list of like what we should do and I threw this and you're like yeah I guess we could do that because <laughs> well, I knew nothing about it exactly so. exactly but there are um, God, there are some really well-made horror films, but I'm... I'd say this this is pretty high on the list of well-made horror films for me, anyway. Well, because it also plays a lot into suspense, and just that... that it's right on that border dread. of horror thriller. Yeah. Um, he does an amazing job. Daniel Radcliffe was, was great in yeah. this. Um, and, and he's carrying the movie on his back. like Because, again, every time he's in that house... You know, with the exception of when he goes there with Sam, every time he's in that house or even just on the property, there's no dialogue. It's just him. Right. It's just him carrying the whole thing. And he never betrays the atmosphere. Mm. Like, you you are there with him the entire time. Yeah, the sound design in this is especially well done. God, so much gurgling. Pulling. Yeah, pulling the corpse out of the marshes just <laughs> um so uh, we should probably do final thoughts i give it an a <laughs> what is our review system here I... yeah uh, so in case you're listening to these out of order this is the first one we're doing this is the first that we've yeah. recorded we are successfully we are <laughs> Calling ourselves uh, Cinepraisal, yes, I believe. Cinepraisal. Unless we... <laughs> unless we change... Well, title redacted, we change it to something else. Well, I don't, I don't know if we should necessarily have, like, a, a rating system so much as... My final thoughts, The Woman in Black is just a str- an extremely economical, well-put-together thriller-horror movie that's just the right amount of paranormal. I agree. I think uh, it plays enough within the realm of reality that you, for a while, could be like, okay, this is, uh, this is like, maybe it's not supernatural, but obviously it ends up going there. Um, also, as a rule of thumb for these, we may go a little past the ending of the film itself. Right. Because that always bothers me when commentary... <laughs> no, no, because in commentaries, like, if it's on the DVD... You have to, like, it has to end right when the movie ends, because that's just how the, the format of the DVD is. But since this isn't attached, we can't extend beyond the ending of a film. I mean, if you're tired thoughts. of listening to us by now, like, feel free to turn it off. But yeah, we are we're back at the menu now. Um, but, but yeah, um, I really like the rocking chair part as how it. it yeah, it's kind of a misdirection. You're like, oh, it was just a, <laughs> it was just a rocking chair moving on its own, but <laughs> it does, it does reveal something more about itself, is that it is, almost like she's reliving her own suicide. 
well, yeah. eternally or something. Yeah, that's that's one of those tropes of uh, ghost movies that I've always found really interesting is the, uh, in one of the scripts that I wrote, I, I referred to it as a repeater. You know, mm. it's repeating the action, Repeat. repeating the, the death over and over again. Motifs. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 I get what you're saying, though. It's, it's Shut a, up, Dad. It's, it's a repeating thing that keeps coming on back. Uh, so, all right, well... There you have it. If uh, if you ever go to a foreboding house on a marshy island in the middle of Europe and um, you're by yourself, uh, just make sure that you bring a dog. Carry a hatchet. And a candle. And a candle. And uh, maybe bring your phone as well. Yeah. It'll probably stop working, though, for mysterious reasons. Well, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you. We are, we are, we are. I'm, I'm Adam. I'm Dax. And this we is Cinepraisal. Cinepraisal. Thank you. And please buy our cinnamon buns. <laughs> what? What? No, that's not what we are. <laughs> I'll cut it before that. Don't worry, Adam. Okay. <laughs> I'm not cutting it before that. Um. Well, that was one hell of a movie we just watched, right? Oh my god, I loved it when the, the one person did it, the other thing. It had ups, it had downs. It was, there were p- images that moved in sequence. I felt something. I felt like I had, um, you know, I'd been there. And I had lived that life, or lives, with that person or people. Well said. <laughs> and with that, let's do some housekeeping. <laughs> Uh, you just heard us talk for a while about a movie then you know what it was we don't have to tell you uh, but we wanted to plug a few things well I mean if you want to talk to us directly about movies you can hit us up on our Facebook page Cinepraisal uh, or on Twitter Cinepraisal or on Instagram Cinepraisal this was an easy name to get across the board luckily yeah, apparently no one thought about this ahead of time <laughs> So, C-I-N-E-P-P-R-A-I-S-A-L, that's us. <laughs> that doesn't have to stay in. <laughs> Adam's just like, has this blank stare on his face. <laughs> you guys have a good night. Um. <laughs> <laughs>If you'd like to follow me, uh, I'm at Dax Schaefer, D-A-X-S-C-H-A-F-F-E-R, on Instagram and Twitter and all that junk. Uh, if you want to follow me, you can visit my website, ofdistantlands.com, uh, or I'm on the social medias as at Dungeons and Daleks. And Adam, you have a book, don't you? I do have a book. When... Where can people buy this book? Uh, it is available wherever fine books are sold online. So basically, Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Um, you can get it as an ebook. You can get it as a beautiful hardcover. Which uh, this guy over here, who I'm pointing at, but you don't know who I'm pointing at. He's literally the only other person in the room. <laughs> Dax did some gorgeous cover art for it. Oh, thank you, thank you. And uh, underneath the dust jacket, there is secret cover art. Oh my God. Uh, and what's the name of this fine book? The book is called Distant Lands of Sand and the Men Who Died There, which is a much longer title than it seemed <laughs> when I was typing it's it. It's nice, nice and I was going to say nice and concise. <laughs> <laughs> it is to the point, though. You know exactly what it's about. Uh, so thank you. And uh, keep.
keep, keep watching, watching movies. movies. Cinepraisal is supported in part by Ko-Fi and viewers like you. No, okay, so I can do this. I can do this. How are, how are we phrasing it? Hey, you know, we love doing this. And if you enjoy it and you want to help us out, maybe you can hit us up on Ko-Fi. That's ko-fi.com slash Cinepraisal. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs>